It's time for another edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Chris McPherson alongside Bowell, Fran Duffy, and our special guest, nose tackle, Benny Logan. Benny, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me again. Benny, what is the big difference in preparing for the Cowboys the second time around, especially an opponent which you guys despise so much as everyone else does in Philadelphia, but one that you just saw two weeks ago back on Thanksgiving? I mean, you pretty much know uh, their tendency, the things they're going to do, the, uh, what they're going to present to you, like different uh, defense formations. So the uh, main thing is just really just going out there, executing, uh, cleaning up the mistakes we made uh, the last game and just really just focus on, uh, you know, 60 minutes or the total focus on uh, – techniques, effort, and just finishing the game. But that Cowboys offensive line is so, so good, the best in the league. And you guys as a defensive line are just okay. You know, Benny's a third-round pick. Said, at least said, wasn't, said wasn't even drafted. I yeah, mean, come I mean, on. I mean, you know? I mean, I don't let, you know, the draft stuff and all that. I mean, it, it's, it looked good on paper, but my thing is uh, we just a group of guys just go out there and just love to have fun and just play dominant football. Uh, we don't really get into the, the ties up, the news articles or – Things like that. We just only control the thing we control, and that's uh, controlling the line of scrimmage and playing out solid football. Okay, you guys might not hear the noise, but do you have friends and family members that tell you like what's going on? Like what? Oh uh, you know? uh, yes, of course. Uh, like last last time I played the Cowboys, I made a statement that their old line was nothing, you know, spectacular. It was okay or, oh, or whatnot, and uh, I didn't know until probably like a couple of days later that uh, it was a big story on first take, and I was like. I mean, you asked me my opinion about how I feel, so I, I just told him. I mean, it was first take. Yeah, but, you I mean, know, that's but I was like, you know, I didn't mean anything about it. I mean, that's how I feel or whatnot. But you know, after the game, we just played out style of football and everything. And a lot of people tweeting at me like I should tweet, you know, Stephen A. and uh, <laughs> what's Cowboys it? fan. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 so he's a Cowboys fan. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I should tweet him, you know, say that maybe I was right and all that. But I was like. You don't have to entertain everything people say. So. Didn't, you let, didn't you let your play do the talking. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's it. That's I mean, those people was like, uh, maybe I should just shut my mouth and just play ball. But I'm like, I mean, I just they facts. I mean, I study you guys. That's what I do. So, I mean. But didn't the didn't day, Jerry Jones say something before the game? Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know anything about that until <laughs> like two days later. He was like, uh. It's like uh, you're gonna get Benny Logan gonna get his, you know what, kicked off. I'm like, Jerry Jones. Yes, like what did he have doing anything? <laughs> but it just, you know, I don't know. Could you imagine Jeffrey Lurie talking like smack talk <laughs> to like Tony Romo? I don't like see. That, that's so. the thing between now. You know, I don't want to get tied up in that, but I will. You know, owner is not that kind of person. He just, you know, all about the players, take care of the players, and take care of this team. He don't get involved with all other nonsense stuff. So you know from. When you played Seattle, okay, and yeah. obviously you say after the game, look, gave them a hard fight. We want to see them again in the playoffs. That yeah. would be great. Do you expect the Dallas to have that same kind of mentality toward you guys since they're probably like, look, that wasn't the real Cowboys. We'll show them in two weeks. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. After the game, uh, Dez Bryant was saying, uh, we'll see you in two weeks. So those all the talk was, uh, you know, saying, you know, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, looking forward to players two weeks. And uh, not just that, I mean, it's a divisional game, a rivalry game. So, I mean, they definitely want to come out here and just make a statement and uh, give us their best shot. But, I mean, one we prepare for, uh, one we expect, and they just can't get tied up and, you know, all the talk and, you know, all the kind of things they're going to try to do to try to get us out of our game. Just got to focus on our game plan and uh, get things accomplished. What is it like preparing when you're preparing for a team for the second time, that first game, is there anything that you can take from that and say, like, oh, these are things that I didn't see on film that he tried against me that – you know, you could prepare for for the second matchup? Uh, yeah, actually, they actually did a couple things uh, in the game that we didn't see. I wasn't expecting and stuff like that. So, I mean, Coach, I would say you got to prepare for 
you know, things when things go wrong. Um, we never practice against anything like that and just happened in the game. So just got corrected on the run. Uh, this time around, we know we're going to get a different things, but at the same time, we know there are tendencies and things like that. So, I mean, a couple times we're going to guess wrong, going to make mistakes, but that's why we always go to the sideline. We talk amongst each other and uh, correct their mistakes. So if it happens again, if we're in there, if the next group is in there, we're already seen, we already know what to expect, you know, we know how to react to it. What has been the biggest key to success for the run defense this season? Because all three <laughs> of you guys up front, even the guys rotating in there, have been outstanding. I mean, we just play as a unit, uh, play together, not just the front three. The, the outside linebackers do a good job setting there. The linebackers do a good job, uh, you know, giving the offensive linemen good uh, looks so they could give different, uh, you know, blocking schemes, things like that. I, I just can't point it like on us, are uh, we doing this? No, it's a, it's a team thing from the secondary to the linebacker, to the outside linebacker. We all work together, and uh, that's what make the strength of the uh, defense, you know, uh, really just solid in the run game. I have a weird question. There was a play in the Seahawks game where uh, where Marshawn Lynch, after the play was over, you went over to him and made it, you, and went to tell him something. Do you, what, do you remember what, what that was? Uh, I really don't remember, but uh, <laughs> I really have to say the, that all the talk that I heard about Marshawn Lynch is this kind of guy – I mean, he's a really, real cool. He's a real cool guy. And, uh, you know, he, he's a physical runner. I got a lot of respect for him. But just talking to him, you know, within the play and stuff like that, he, he really is a cool and humble guy. And uh, a guy, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing again. I mean, how, but how much can you talk during the play? Uh, it really wasn't like during the play. It was like uh, when we have TV timeouts or okay. whenever we we tackle him and things like that. We'll get up and we'll talk uh, noise to him and stuff like that. But he, he was a real cool guy, and uh, you just had fun out there. Does it like, help the, the talking about movies or <laughs> no? Nah, we wasn't talking about any moves or anything like that. It was all about hitting him. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like though, from a run defense standpoint, going from someone physical like Demarco Murray one week to Marshawn? Now you're going back to Demarco. What I mean, that? th that's what you feed off. Of. I mean, I, I like the physical game. I like to play physical down dirty. I mean, it's so running a physical running offense, uh, running back things like that is one that we really look forward to now. One we definitely look forward to this week. Uh, we had Marshawn Lynch, who was a real physical, you know, downhill runner, uh, fight for every yard. Now we got DeMarco Murray coming in, who's a similar back. So, I mean, what we're looking forward to, one that we definitely prepare well for. And, uh, you know, we definitely were correcting mistakes uh, we made against Marshawn Lynch where we had a couple guys to the ball and he was still fighting for yards. Uh, we just got to get a lot of heads to the ball and hit him when he has the ball and make him feel it every time we're there. Is, so there. is there an offensive lineman who's been the, the toughest matchup for you this year? Or the or the most fun matchup? Uh, I really did. Uh, <laughs> the lineman you Pressure's don't care on. about, right? Yeah. Uh, what jersey number? I guess. Can I can imagine Bane just like the guy. Uh, I really can't. Uh, I really can't. I really can't say. Okay. Bane didn't give anyone right. props the last time. So no, I think we no. asked you that. Who was the toughest guy you went against last year? And like, but the thing is, like. Pretty much all the ceilings are pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, the speed is a speed guy, a quick guy, or a power guy. But, I mean, it really hasn't been one that really just gave me fits or problems or anything like that. Benny, you guys are undefeated coming off a loss of this season. What is it about the mentality, the mindset of you guys in the locker room that allows you guys to bounce back? Uh, just like today, uh, we lost uh, Sunday against the Seahawks. But the mindset coming in today, that game is behind us. So, we can't make in uh, the, our focus now is cleaning up our mistakes and just getting ready for Dallas. Uh, and just the energy we brought to the day practice, uh, even though we lost and things like that, we wasn't dragging around and anything like that. We, all, we understood that we got another game to play. We can't just, you know, hang out emotions on. We should have won that game against Seahawks or things like that. We got to put that behind us, uh, get focused on the things we got to accomplish in Dallas 
and just go from now. It's a, it's a one-week season, so we can't dwell on the past. We're going to look forward to what we have ahead of us. Benny, we've been told to, to ask some holiday-themed questions. What's your favorite holiday movie? Uh, I like Home Alone, all the Home Alone series. I definitely love those. Which one? Number one? I, they really don't have a specific one, but I just like the whole series of like the Home Alone. For, Even like for, the third one, the one yes, that was, yes. didn't have Macaulay Culkin? All, all of them. <laughs> for, <laughs> for, uh, for Halloween, uh, my wife and I went as uh, Harry and Marv, the Wet Bandits. The Bandits? Yeah. I've never heard the, wep- the the two robbers. The bad, the bad guys. The two bad guys from Home, Home Alone. Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they were pretty, Marv, pretty Marv, sweet what are you guys. doing? Marv, what are you doing? Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> sweet guys. What was the best uh, What was the best Christmas gift you ever got? The best Christmas gift I ever got? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really. I think, I'm, oh, a train. I really got a, a train for Christmas <laughs> one time. I was small, and a little train, like, blew out smoke when uh, it went around oh, the yeah. track. So. That was definitely like my all-time favorite uh, Christmas gift. Uh, who's got the best beard on the team? Last question. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna order like this: It's uh, Jason Peters, me, then Kelsey. Where's Bo rank okay. on that list? Bo don't have Bo shaved his face. Bo's have was like this one. Oh no, oh, that this no, Bo, this Bo. Bo. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you guys um, got some work to do. You got some work to do. Okay. Yeah, no, this this doesn't fill in. <laughs> if I could help you, I would help you, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. All right. Well, Benny, we appreciate it, Benny. Thank you. Benny, we know you got me and you go too. So thank you very much for Thanks joining for us here on the Eagles Entire Podcast. Thank you. All right. Welcome back to the Eagles Entire Podcast. Special thanks once again to Benny Logan for stopping by. Uh, perfect guest to have this week, Eagles Cowboys, and obviously his role in the first matchup. So before we look ahead to Sunday's big showdown, you've got to look back to Sunday. Disappointing loss. You were looking to see how the Eagles matched up against the defending Super Bowl champions. You had them in your house. The Eagles had won 10 straight at Lincoln Financial Field. I can go on and on with all those stats. And basically, the Cliff Notes version is offense struggled against an outstanding defense. Defense came to play, just not enough done by the offense. Yeah, and what was so interesting from from a defensive perspective was it was it was such an opposite game from the way they played this season where they've been really good at, at forcing drives to end quickly, three and outs, one or two first downs, or giving up long plays down the field. And this time it was it was long, sustained drives for the Seahawks offense that the Eagles uh, were, were forcing them to, uh, you know, play longer and just like, like the 2013 version of the Eagles defense. But they weren't giving up a lot of points. They did a really good job. It's, it's hard for the secondary to, to have to cover for that long when Russell Wilson uh, is running around back there. But I thought the defense played pretty well and, and certainly well enough to win. But, uh, you know, against, against that Seahawks team, it, it wasn't enough. Yeah, the defense played at a really high level. You look at that front seven. I, th- I thought, you know, from front to back, they were really good. But uh, specifically that front seven, especially, you know, Fletcher Cox, Michael Kendricks. I mean, those guys. I read that those guys played really well. Yeah, someone it wrote that. It was outstanding features, all 22th piece, I didn't really read many of the words because there were so many pictures. And, and there was only 25. But only 25. Nad alert. Nad alert. Nad alert. <laughs> Nad alert. <laughs> Does that say Nad alert? <laughs> what does it say? Brag alert. Oh, brag alert. Oh, brag alert. Oh, brag alert. Oh, nice. Well, you know, so Nat look, alert. Those two guys, <laughs> those two guys are, are stars. I mean, clearly, those guys have really started coming to their own. Uh, Fletcher Cox has just been dominant the, the last month and, you know, month and change. He's been uh, dominant every single game that he's played. Uh, Michael Kendricks, now healthy, you know, now that he's kind of got back into the swing of things with D'Amico on the sideline, he's been outstanding the past few weeks. Uh, just used in a wide variety of ways. You know, they used him and Barwin kind of like in a spy type role on Wilson, uh, where, you know, I thought the one thing that he did at such a high level this week, and we really haven't seen them do this often, is 
you know, he'll wait for the protection, you know, to set itself, and then he just took off after Wilson. And so many times, you know, forced an early throw, forced him to break the pocket. Uh, you know, there was the one where it should have been a sack, and he ended up taking, you know, it was an intentional grounding play. Uh, Kendricks just played at such a, a high level. Fletcher Cox, like I said, was just dominant. Uh, you know, look, the, the defense, you take some of those third down plays away, and, you know, it's, it might be a different game, but uh, you really can't fault them. They were on the field for, I believe it was 91 plays. Uh, to the Eagles, 46, I believe it was offensively. Um, you know, it's just one of those games. I really thought that the defense was going to wear down in the second half. That was my concern. It's like, all right, you know, they're having to chase Russell Wilson all over the field. They're on the field for such a long time. I thought Marshawn Lynch was going to pound the rock in the second half. And I give the Eagles credit that they yeah. did not allow that to happen. So. No question. The run defense is just so good. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's something that you think about what the defense looked like back in 2011, 2012, and, you know, some of the big plays that we allowed in both the pass game and the run game, you know, those run, those run plays do not happen anymore. I mean, the, and those, bet, you know, those defensive breakdowns on the back end don't happen anymore. The, this defense is so far and away uh, better than it was two years ago. It's, it's unbelievable. And I have to give Russell Wilson credit. He was much more athletic, much quicker in person than I had seen on TV before. Did I, you think so? I thought so, definitely. I didn't think he was yeah. that elusive. I mean, but that's that's sort of what you've seen from him. I didn't. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was surprised. I thought he was fat. I thought obviously he was elusive. Yes, yeah. but I thought he was fat. Watching him run, he was faster. I didn't realize he was that tough to contain. I guess that's probably more. I thought he probably, you know, was more in the pocket elusive than mm -hmm. outside speed elusive. Yeah, I mean the look the the thirty five yard touchdown run. He was. I mean he he took off down the corner and there was there was all daylight. He yeah. was, you know, there was no catching him, but. I mean, that's what he is. This team, we talked about it last week. You know, Greg Costell was throwing stats out all, all week long about the I mean, uh, who was that? <laughs> the outside <laughs> of structure plays and how yeah, you know, outside of know, structure. Uh, the you know structure. he averaged ten yards a play. I think it was you know outside of structure, and it's uh, those were those were the plays that really hurt the Eagles this week. It was but the plays where he kind of broke down, and he was able to make something happen. I, I mean, the Seahawks deserve to win that game. They dominated the game. There's no question. I'm I would not be worried about facing them again. I think. Uh, I believe that our defense could play as well or better against their offense, and I believe our offense could only play better. I, I would 100% agree because even with you know even with how the game went for the first three and a half quarters, you still had an opportunity where uh, we're down 10 points, we get a fumble on Marshawn Lynch, his first of the season, we come back and we you know there was the interception to, uh, to Riley Cooper, the throw that you know down the field to Sanchez through the pick, and Jordan Matthews. Jordan was open Matthews for was open. Uh, you know there was pressure. He was forced to step up and kind of release the ball earlier than he would have liked. So, you know, there's lots of different factors there. Then we had the opportunity for the pick six as well. I mean, all, when it's all said and done, that game was closer, I think. And that's the thing is I've, I've heard people saying, oh, the, the, the game wasn't anywhere near as close. So, look, there, there were plays both sides where, you know, we, people said, oh, well, you know, John Ryan doesn't drop that punt, that, that snap. Uh, you know, the Eagles don't even score. It's like, all right, well, we also gave them the ball inside our 30-yard our line as well on the fumble Certainly. to open the second half. So, uh, look, I mean, both both sides made plays on the defensive side. I think that you know going into a game later on in the playoffs, I, I wouldn't be terrified going into the game. I, I felt personally, I felt Seattle dominated the game much more than the score indicated, especially the way that their defense handled the offense. I mean, the Eagles' offense just was not really able to get much traction throughout the course of the day. And as Bo said, the Seahawks were able to move the ball. Yes, the defense stopped them. I, I just felt that. The Eagles coaches did as good a job as they could have hoped for in terms of keeping the game close so that in the fourth quarter, if an interception happened here, a fumble happened there, they'd be able to capitalize. Uh, but just seemed like, and I guess we really haven't really talked much about the offense. The offense is not able to really get going. 
offensive line seemed to struggle. They didn't really try any shots down the field against that vaunted Legion of Boom secondary, and therefore the run game really wasn't able to get going. I didn't think the run game was that bad. Uh, obviously, LeSean McCoy cannot fumble there. That's I mean, that changed the entire That's, complexion of yep. the game. Um, and they didn't get any big runs, but I, I thought they were getting a little bit of push. You know, they were getting three, four yards of a, a pop, which was okay, and it avoids getting into those third and long situations against that, that secondary, which you're just not going to convert. Uh, but obviously, it wasn't as good as the last two weeks. But I was more I was more concerned about the inability to get anything going in the passing game than the running game. Yeah, I, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, going into the game, obviously, I, I thought that the Eagles would win. I didn't think that they were going to run the, you know, for 300, 400 yards. I didn't think it was going to be that kind of game. But I thought that they'd be able to move the ball on the ground a little bit. Maybe I underestimated that Seattle front. And look, Kevin Williams and McDaniel and you know, Michael Bennett, like all those guys, they played a, you know, a great game. But uh, you know, I thought that they would be able to get some more movement up front than they did. Uh, and look, that affected the in the pass game as well. The, you know, Mark Sanchez didn't have a ton of time. Uh, there were a lot of plays, obviously, where he was sacked, but where also he was rushed to throw the the interception we talked about. Uh, a lot of plays where he's forced to get rid of the ball earlier than he would have liked. You know, the, Chip Kelly talked about it from top to bottom. The offense just didn't perform the way they would have liked. I guess maybe the run game got the ball moving a little bit. I guess it just came down to third down conversions. Yeah, and the Eagles had nine first downs for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, when you're not able to keep the chains moving consistently, you know, it, the tempo became a non-factor. And that's what Richard Sherman even alludes to after the game, saying basically, look, you can have all the tempo you want, but if you're not getting yards and getting first downs, it's not going to do you any good. Can so. we talk – while we're talking about Richard Sherman – are, are we allowed to complain about the refs? Is that what you're going to say? No, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about the refs. There were plenty of missed calls we'll do, on both we'll sides do of the ball. We'll do that. We'll <sighs> complain yeah, about the refs were, next. There, so. were, there, were pl- there were plenty of missed Richard calls. Richard Sherman is just all over, guys. Anyway. He look. He's he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. I'm not gonna lie about that. But it's awesome to watch him play. But yeah. I mean, there were three plays where he's you can from the press box you can see the separation of jersey from Jeremy Macklin and him him holding it, and there's no call. All I'm gonna say is is that he said after the game that this offense misses Deshaun Jackson, and I'm gonna be honest, that's. I don't know that there's much credence to that because going into the going into the game, I believe one of the stats that we read going into the week or maybe it was the week before, Jeremy Macklin leads the league in catches of 50 plus yards. I mean, this is a team that's been able to attack the defenses vertically. Now, you know, maybe not as much since Mark Sanchez has stepped in. Obviously, he's hit uh, Jordan Matthews much more on those short crossing routes uh, as opposed to hitting over the top because we mentioned it last week that. Uh, they're still running the same plays offensively. It's not like the play calling has changed since the quarterbacks have changed. But, uh, look, this is this is still a vertical offense. Jeremy Macklin is still a, team, a, a player that's going to stretch the field. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I think the offensive line had more to do with the fact that the, the deep passing game couldn't get going as opposed to, you know, a lack of speed on the outside. Well, Richard Sherman and Deshaun Jackson are boys. Exactly. No question. And I think Deshaun Jackson did have success Yep. against them. So yeah. that's probably the – reason he would say that so uh to the refs uh i believe the record for uh was it what was the the bill Bill yeah i thought it was six and one i thought it was even five and one seattle six and one six and one and the eagles are one and five brian thomas is team producer all over much so where's he from dallas I don't it's know. Great, it's a great I, question, but I mean, there were plays. Look, the the first series of the game, Cam Chancellor. I, you know, it was pretty clear that he got to, it got to Brent Selick before the ball did and, and disrupted that play. There were uh, Byron Maxwell, who was he was one of their defensive MVPs. The job that he did, but 
Uh, Byron Maxwell, I thought in the third quarter, I believe it was, uh, he interfered with Jordan Matthews. I thought that was pretty clear. The the those are all subjective. The, the, lineman, the lineman downfield, downfield was silly. insane. I'm right, that's silly. that was insane. Yeah. And why is that not reviewable? It's not a subjective thing. I think that any, I think all these calls that are agreed, like it's either it's. It, it's black and white. Exactly right. Like it, it, that should be. Reviewable. He was twenty yards downfield. Yeah, Cody, you know Chip Kelly said he was running a post route. That's exactly right. And that they, was a big third down conversion. They would have had to punt it away. They, they scored a touchdown. And on the other thing drive. too, it's funny. Carrie Williams was on the outside. Now they they called a screenplay to the right. So it was going to be a screenplay to Marshawn Lynch you know, to the right side. And so that's why Carpenter was downfield because he was going downfield. He thought it was going to be a screenplay. The the Eagles defense read it. Uh, Russell Wilson decided he wasn't going to throw it. He rolls to his left. There's a tight end blocking Carrie Williams downfield, like engaged blocking him, and Carrie Williams can't get off. So that's why Carrie Williams got up. He immediately starts screaming, and they, you know they ended up getting a catch, and it was a first down. It was it was huge. It was yeah, it was silly. I mean, there was there there was a ref whose only job it is to watch that. You had one job. That's the the that's the thing, right? You had one job. Isn't that one of those jokes online? I don't know. That's Head, what the kids say. Heads need to roll. <laughs> that's what I say. There you go. That was ridiculous. I would. I, would I mean, agree. it didn't. It, it it might not have changed the outcome of the game. But still. But it, I mean that. <laughs> I know it's. It's like if. Uh, when is that God. egregious? When is that? Egregious? It was egregious. Yeah. That was egregious. Yeah. So. It's like if you. If it's like if you said a, a a field goal was good and it was wide, that's how obvious it was. Yeah. Fire him. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. So, at this point, as we're taping the podcast, we don't know who the referees will be for Sunday night's game no. against the Dallas Cowboys. But big picture, we assume the Eagles win the NFC East. And we'll get into the matchup with Dallas in a minute. Yes. And, and, I hope so. And, and Bo's going to explain how complicated things would be if the Eagles were to lose. But in the big picture, where do you rank the Eagles? They've lost to Arizona. They've lost to San Francisco. They've lost to Seattle. They've lost to Green Bay. I would not be afraid to play pretty much any of those teams in the playoffs, except for Green Bay at Lambeau. Outside of that. I mean, you I never want to go to Seattle I think, either. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to Seattle, I think but right, I think they could yeah, match up I and think beat so, them. Absolutely. I think right now the Eagles are the third best team in the NFC. And that, and they, they'll have hopefully have an opportunity to prove that, that they can be better than that. But, you know, they lost to the Seahawks and Packers. You can't, you can't say that they're better. So. It's that quote, you know, you are what your record says you are, and that's what the record is right now. Uh, do I think that they could go and beat Seattle? Yeah, I think they could beat Green Bay. I think they could beat anyone in the NFL if everything is you know going the way that it should offensively and defensively. But uh, yeah, I think but that's the, where it, it is all, right now. They, I mean, they have to win on Sunday. They need because if they lose to Dallas, there's it becomes a, harder. It, there's a very good chance they will miss the playoffs. My biggest they will need help matchup concern going into Sunday night. The reason I was nervous for Thanksgiving, not that I thought the Eagles would lose, but the reason I was you know cautious, you know, cautious about it. Mm-hmm was Tony Romo and the weapons in the pass game. I thought, you know, Eagles would be able to handle DeMarco Murray, but maybe did you have to utilize extra resources to keep him corralled? Therefore, that would allow Des Bryant, Terrence Williams, Colby, you know, all those guys. Talented bevy of weapons for at Tony Romo's disposal. I thought that that think matchup, I, he's one, There's one guy who's talented. You still have Witten. He's so old. Always, what did he have one catch for five yards last time? You know, they forgot that he was on the team in Thanksgiving. Yeah. But still, because he, he was too busy yelling, he was too tired from yelling on the sidelines. So, but bottom line is Tony Romo and the Cowboys' weapons offensively going against the Eagles' secondary. That's I'm, the I'm, I would agree. Matchup. I'm, I'm more worried about Des Bryant in this game than I'm worried about Demarco Murray because I, I, that's the the level of confidence I have in the the Eagles' run defense. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, he obviously he'll come into this game motivated. Uh, 
if it, if that energy works for him or against him, we'll see. Uh, it but could it could lead to him leaving the field early so he people don't see him cry. Could be, could be. I mean, uh, you know, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Look, the the Eagles in the past game on Thanksgiving had answers for everything Dallas wanted to do. Uh, obviously, it became easier to defend them once he got into the second half and the game kind of uh, developed the way it did in terms of Dallas not being able to run the ball. So the Eagles were able to play more too high. Uh, they were able to give you know the, the corners extra help. So you know that played into it. But the Eagles had answers for Tony Romo's first and second reads on a number of plays. And that's why they were only able to score 10 points. So let me, so let me ask you this, Fran. You watched the game Thursday between the uh, Cowboys and the Bears. Yep. What did you think of Roman's performance having that full week of rest? You know, I, I think he was still kind of feeling it. And whether it, this happened, you know, it could be attrition. It could be over the, you know, look, we're in week 15 now. Uh, but it could have been from the Eagles. It could have been from the Giants. It could, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not talking, not knowing Tony Romo, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I don't think that the ball has been coming out the last couple of weeks the way that it was maybe earlier in the year. And he started off a little bit slow, too. So, uh, look, the guy's banged up. I mean, between the back, he was he was talking about the ribs and you know whether or not they're broken. You know, that's kind of a controversy in itself. But uh, look, this the Chicago defense they were going up against is nothing to write home about. So they were able to kind of have their way with that defense uh, in the run game and the pass game. The the Gi- or the Cowboys offensive line had done a nice job of keeping him upright. And you know, you saw the week before we played them against New York. I mean, he was spotless. So. Uh, whether they can do that against the Eagles after doing it against Chicago, after doing it against the Giants, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Can you imagine the commotion in Texas next week if Tony Romo lays a stinker on Sunday night and Johnny <laughs> Football goes out and plays really well for Cleveland <laughs> on Sunday? It's going to be interesting. Devil, that is just devilish right there. So going back to going back to Sunday night now, the crowd's going to be electric. It's going to be awesome atmosphere. Boogie, woogie, woogie. We talk we talk about Romo. The cold weather, I think, is going to play a factor in that aspect as well, though. He's got the creaky back. He's got the rib, which yeah. may or may not be broken. It, it might be, you know, it might be tough for him. Though, you got to so. be worried that, like the the Eagles' defensive line is just going to be. They're going to be such good people that they're going to feel bad about hurting Tony Romo in the cold with his Benny old, is one old back. Benny's a nice guy. He's a great guy. Say? Absolutely, said nice Fletch. They're great guys. Could but come back to bite them. You know, you know what Dallas is going to do in the run game, though. I mean, that that's not going to be a secret. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they change some things up in the pass game and try and some, do some new things, considering how the Eagles defended them last week. But see if they can get so Cole Beasley downfield. Maybe White Thunder. So what can oh, yeah. allow me to retort? <laughs> what the, can the, the Cowboys defense the do? Poor man's uh, Aaron Flugrad. Oh Aaron man, Flugrad. nice name. Nice. That's an wow. East West Shrine game name. How about Blue Cooper? Blue Cooper. Blue Cooper That's was good. a dear, he was a more physical receiver. <laughs> he was he was more of an outside guy. <laughs> you actually he was remember playing Blue Grad. That's tall. good. No. Tony Paulino like that. There one was another guy who was in the same who was with the Nick Eagles Miller. that same Nick Miller. There was another undrafted guy, the same class as Aaron Flugrad. Oh, uh, uh, a tryout guy. Oh, that's gonna bug me. I got nothing. It is. It's really gonna bug. All me. these names started blending yeah. together All from right. previous years. So while he's thinking about that, what can the Cowboys up. defense do? Because Mark Sanchez and LaShawn McCoy go off to just tremendous starts in that Thanksgiving Day game. The Cowboys are down 14 nothing in the first quarter. Is there anything that they can do? Because they look so befuddled by the Eagles' tempo, they didn't have an answer for it. Well, I think that's the thing is that this team, schematically, they're not 
a tough one to figure out either. It's not they don't do a ton of different things defensively. They're going to come out. They're going to play, you know, Tampa two. They're going to play man free. They're going to play their coverages. They're going to you know do what they do. It's going to be a matter of executing at a higher level and being able to hold up against the the run game and uh, you know just making sure that they play with proper technique in the pass game. You saw uh, the big catch from uh, Sanchez to Jeremy Macklin. The, the the long one I think it was fifty two yards, mm-hmm. fifty eight yards. Uh, that was against Tampa two, and they they hit him right in the soft spot in Tampa two. The corner can't allow the can't allow Macklin to get to the outside, and he let him on the outside, and he was able to you know get behind him. So uh, it's going to be a matter of just executing at a higher level, playing with better technique, and you got to be able to hold up against the Eagles' run game. If so, if, if Dallas has any hope defensively, that's what they're going to have to do. All right, as we're allowing Bo to search through the archives to bring right, up listen to wide this, receivers of Eagles. Listen pass. to this undrafted free agent crop. Oh man! All right, what do you got? The ghost of Eagles receivers past. All right. Let's start with uh, long snapper, long blonde hair. Remember? Oh, man. I got nothing. B, anything? Nothing. Shaking his head. Matt Camille. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Uh, Here we go. Was he also from Utah? Wait, this was 2012? This was 2012 undrafted class. Yeah. So funny story about this is that (laughs) the – so I remember that this was the rookie camp when all these guys were brought in to, like – Wait, they tried out, and then they were able to come to the rookie camp? Is that how it usually works? Or do these guys try out at the rookie camp? They try out at the rookie camp. Okay. So I was given the opportunity. I said, okay, Fran, you can go. Because this was before – this was right when I got hired full-time. And they said, you can go and do the cheerleader calendar shoot down in the Bahamas, or you can stay for rookie camp. I stayed for rookie camp. No, you are sad. Q Sounder. I so so miss (laughs) – the yeah. calendar shoots. My my wife, the last one I went on was in Mexico in 2007, and yeah. my wife was so PO'd when I, I told wanted to see Matt Camille and the rest of these guys that Bo's got here on his phone. She's so mad. You probably got to see as much skin as, uh, as the other one. <laughs> 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 All right, what do you got? Let's hear the rest of these. All right, well, I'll tell you this. Three players from this class ended up making the Eagles. Okay. One of them is still with the Eagles. Can, can you name that one? 2012. So, so three made the roster and one is still here. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that you should get back. this. We should get it. It's not a running back. It's not a receiver. It's not a tight end. It is not an offensive lineman. It's not Seth Thornton. Seth Thornton was 2011. 2011, yeah. Um, hmm. Ooh, I got nothing. Rookie free agents. Literally, the first thing Fran said was, "He's not a running back," oh, and so that's incorrect. <laughs> Literally, the first thing. Come on, Chris Polk. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's go. right. He was 2012. Yeah. For some reason, I thought he was 13. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Jeez. The other two who made the roster, uh, one is a uh, fullback tight end hybrid. Oh, Emilio Guadago. Correct. Okay. Yep. And the other one is wide receiver, currently on the Houston Texans. DeMars Jones. Yes. All right, what are the other good okay. – give us All the right. gems. Hold give on, hold on. Here. Okay, so we've got uh, – we have a tight end who uh, did not make the Eagles but is in the, is in the NFL. Uh, that would be the kid from Chase Miami. Ford. Chase Ford. Correct, correct. correct. Yep. All right, we have um, a fullback who did not make the Eagles but is in the NFL, I believe, still. He was on the Raiders for a little bit. Maybe he's no longer in the league, but Is it, he was undrafted. He was undrafted. I got nothing. Jeremy Stewart. Oh, okay. from Stanford. Stanford. Yep. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Now let's get to the good guys. Good guys. Here we go. Uh, cornerback. People thought that this guy was going to be great. 
That could be a lot of guys. He's a chip guy. Um, I mean, he, Chip wasn't here, but. So he was an Oregon guy. A corner we, from Oregon? Who, I was going to say, which corner do we have from Oregon? I don't know. Tell us. Cliff Harris. Oh, that's right. That's all right. right. All the talent in the world. Yep. Well, like the drive he fast. didn't have all the talent in the no. world. He was like 5'7". He, he had talent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. The, the safety who uh, had an imposter. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I'm telling all these names blend together. <laughs> you just have to say it. What do you got? Philip Thomas. Oh, Philip. that's right. <laughs> how about the you back? Philip Thomas. How about the crappy punter? <laughs> Ryan Tedlachka. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All <Okay>. right. <laughs> uh, and now there, I think we're down to the receivers now. I I really hope Tid Lachka is not listening to this podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a shame. Sorry, man. Poor guy. Hey, the decorated career. I think Kentucky, maybe. I forget. Okay. All right. That's correct. Sadly, no. All right. Wide receivers. One, two, three, four. Uh, one. There's one guy who I don't remember anything about. Darnell Williams. Nothing. No. I got nothing. I don't remember a single thing not about a, Darnell Williams. Not a thing. Not even his name. Okay. Uh, this guy I what? thought had a chance because he his when we when we signed him the most exciting thing about any of these guys was the highlight video for Montana wide receiver. Oh, he had the, he had the grab of the year. Yes. Oh, Elvis Akpla. Right. Yes. 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 Good one. Unbelievable catch yep. that he made. Okay, that's good. Um, and then the two guys, Aaron <laughs> Flugrad and the one I was thinking of, they're the same. Same body type, short little white guy, slot guy, from BYU. McKay Jacobson. McKay Jacobson. That's <laughs> right. That's good. There we go. That's later, good we, work. A couple days later, we claimed Thomas Welch off waivers from the Rams. Not related to Colin Welch. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thomas Former. Welch had one of the weirdest bodies I ever remember seeing. He had a tiny little head. He was on an like O-lineman, weird, right? Yeah, and he was like a Michelin weird man long body. neck. It was really weird. Weird yeah. looking dude. Yeah, that's I'm weird. I'm 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 sad that I didn't get to be a part of that guessing game, but days of Eagles off season passed. Mm-hmm. I like it. How many would you have gotten? I feel like I gotta go. Yeah, I next week we'll do it. Next yeah, week next I'll week. do it. Next week BT will do it. We'll do 2013. Good deal. Oh, I'm gonna slay that. <laughs> <laughs> Bo's wealth. I don't know. I don't Give me 2010. Yeah, we gotta go to 11. Yeah, 11 or 10. How how? But when you did the Wolf's Den Jeopardy on Friday, mm-hmm. how? Much where you look into getting it yourself. You're like, how do you not know the answer? I've got this. I played along. Uh, how'd you do? I did pretty well. There were a couple that those guys were like struggling with. I was like screaming at the monitor. That <laughs> okay, get. that's good. That's the best part of Jeopardy. Right, it was good. It was good. Uh, I, I, that one was different because I was creating all the clues, so I was I was happy to to be the asker. Yeah. I don't think I did a good enough job in the beginning of the video of explaining exactly who Brad Rutter was. I think some people thought it was like a joke. He's he's actually the best ever. The greatest Jeopardy, Jeopardy player. player. How so did we know time. that he was an Eagles fan? Did he say like on the show? He tweets he tweets about the Eagles. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, very nice. Nice. I like it. I'm gonna go follow him. There Please you go. Do. Give like Brad it. some love. I like it. All right. Oh, I think it's gonna do it for this edition of the Eagles Entire Podcast. Oh. As <laughs> is this going? Is this coming to an end this week or what? We'll see. You have to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Will Bo shave Find out on Sunday on the kickoff show. Can BT make an executive <laughs> decision? <laughs> for Fran Duffy and Bo, I'm Chris McPherson. Thanks for joining us.